Hey, everybody. This is the Spongeworthy Podcast. My name is Zach Hillman. And I'm Daryl Williams. And we are talking about season five, episode three, The Glasses. And of course, today and this week, we are talking with the ever famous, ever popular and ex-roommate of mine, April Lotshaw. Great from a from a Mexican wedding, and uh, join us on the other side of this theme song, guys. So you think you're sponge worthy? She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge. Sponge worthy. The sponge worthy podcast. Sponge worthy. All right, guys, we're here. We're here. We're here. Did you miss us? I have been so excited about this episode for a long time. I'm so glad that the pandemic fired back up mm. so we could finally be forced to use technology to force April Lotcha on our podcast. How you doing, gal? I'm good. I'm two states away in Seattle. I'm sad. So equilibrium <laughs> reached. Yeah. I mean, that's on brand for Seattle, right? Yeah, no, it's on brand for Seattle. It's on brand for me. It's, uh, be, yeah. it's all stuff. You're, you're only happy when it rains, right? You're, <laughs> you're very, very surely Manson uh, energy you're giving off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, California, all that sunshine. That was really doing me in. It's, <laughs> all that joy and light, that was, that was misery. Too much vitamin D. It's 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 a regional thing. <laughs> yes. So uh, I don't assume that you were talking about this episode itself, uh, Zach, but you were just loving that April is on the show. Oh yeah. No. I mean, I ever since. Well, okay. So a little bit of history. Kind of the reason that I know Daryl so well is because mm-hmm. April invited me onto your guys's podcast. Uh, you're such a sex in the city podcast. Uh, and that's like, this is basically like my two best comedian friends and like two of my favorite people to talk to just in general. So yeah, I've, I've wanted to do this since we started the show because it's such a like mind melt moment that, you know, April is on my show now. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. April, you should feel so honored. (laughs) I do. I do every minute day that I've known Zach Hillman and he continues to not send me baby photos that I asked for. <laughs> I knew Zach before he was a dad. Like yeah. he, and he'd just go on stage and be like, call me dad into the microphone. <laughs> but now it's appropriate. <laughs> That's the same energy that I bring to the sex dungeon. Mm. So it- <laughs> I thought it would get the same response at a comedy club. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So April, what do you uh, know about like the show about nothing? Like, what are you a big Seinfeld fan or not really? Or what's, how do we judge you? I was saying this to Zach earlier that uh, I used to watch Seinfeld uh, when I was a kid. So I have not seen it since the nineties. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And you were fond of it. You liked it. You were, you enjoyed it. From what I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess I'll say that you're a fan. Um, yeah. Are you? Well, uh, do you April... like uh, Seinfeld the person? What? You know Jerry Seinfeld. Do you like the comedian? Well, okay. Do you mean the comedian or the person? Because I like. Right. I mean, but as a person, you can't. <laughs> strikes me as a giant douche <laughs> put that uh, out there i feel very lucky to not personally know him and therefore not have to have an opinion <laughs> <laughs> is he an asshole i don't fucking know i don't fucking care i don't work with the guy yeah. <laughs> everyone who has that much money has good cause to be a giant asshole too so and maybe like if you did work with him you would be like yeah he's a cool guy but also maybe Maybe you would have like a sour taste in your mouth. You don't know. Yeah, maybe I'd be like, well, he took me on the road with him, which was awesome, but he always left the toilet seat up. So that sucked. <laughs> you know, it's a combo of good and bad. 
<laughs> so you and you and Jerry Seinfeld were sharing motel room in this dream scenario of yours? Tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> On a tour bus, we're with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Just all across the U.S. Dude, this sounds way better than any comedy show I've ever witnessed in my life. If the Globetrotters are involved, that is the dream. And like the Globetrotters open for you guys, like you're not before the Globetrotters, like they're the opening act. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Five minutes of basketball tricks and some prop. I would like it to all be integrated to like every single one of your punchlines. They're like dunking you upside down into a basketball hoop on a forklift. <laughs> That's yep. Yep. We're improving on perfection. I don't know. I mean, this would definitely make Gallagher go like, oh shit, man. Shut I wish I did that. that. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> We retired too early. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, should we get into this episode? Uh, let's. It's a big one. It's it's. This is yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's on a lot of top ten lists though. Like I don't think I think this goes under the radar for a lot of people. Can I interject real quick? Yeah, certainly. And just say that in all of my blurred memories of Seinfeld and the fourth grade, uh, I forgot this show has a laugh track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a it little definitely weird. does. It's kind of a vestige of its time in a little sense, you know, and that I mean, I think I would associate that with like a lower tier of sitcom today, something that doesn't have writing as sharp as Seinfeld typically does um you know like more of a big bang theory has a right like a laugh track piped in um it's a little weird but because it's not hd i don't think it bothers me that there's a laugh track because everything that was good back good or bad had a laugh track mash had a laugh track fucking taxi had a laugh track you know what i mean so it just it sort of melts into ancient tv in my mind i don't know Sure, like any like four camera sitcom is going to have a laugh track, probably, mm-hmm. or a live studio audience. Right, Some- right, yeah. And uh, this one definitely has a live studio, but I think also they like uh, sweeten it too with like other audience like uh, laughter. Like I think it's not just like who the people were like watching it. No, for sure, for sure. So I mean, let's just dive right into this episode. Um, we start with a little bit of stand-up. Um, I stay up late because I'm night guy. The right night guy versus day, day, guy. day gay. Yeah, day guy, night guy. Yeah, night, say night guy versus day gay. <laughs> day gay. <laughs> I'm only night gay, guys. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you were day gay and then just night guy, it'd be like, man, you should really flip that around. <laughs> Nighttime is the right time for, for doing the gay stuff. <laughs> At least suck dick when the sun's out. But also, the lawn is just so manicured now. <laughs> <laughs> the HOA is so happy with you. Our curb <laughs> appeal is just so good. <laughs> now, that's a better bit, I think. I think uh, if Jerry had that bit, it would have more legs than the uh, night guy versus day guy. <laughs> Doesn't it really like kind of like hold together with the episode too? It has really nothing to do with this episode. I mean, I like the I like the premise a little bit. I mean, I think you I think you're right in that it's like limited. You kind of see exactly where it's going right away. But I've often thought this that it's like, man, when I wake up in the morning, I really hate the guy that stayed up late the night before. You know what I mean? So mm. I relate to it totally. Yeah, it's one of it's one of those things. The best jokes are not things you wrote; they're things that you just noticed that were always there. Right, right. So then, after the stand-up, we have Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer hanging out at the apartment, and they're talking about uh, Jerry's new girlfriend, Amy, and how she hates his apartment because there's no air conditioning. Yeah, so he's getting an air conditioner from Kramer, which uh, I forget the name of it, but it has like 1200 BTU. Right. 
which is a measurement for air conditioners i'm assuming <laughs> yeah it's a, like the amount of like cold that you can put out like there's like units like cold units or something like that yeah the british thermal units i think is btus right know. i've always heard it used for um um uh what are barbecues that's right. what they typically use it but cold units <laughs> no, Maybe it's, it's like any thermal units yeah Uh-oh. either direction april <laughs> i'm only ever half listening at any given time <laughs> <laughs> so of course yeah like uh kramer's like talking about how you got a a, a good deal because kramer never pays full price for anything yeah, yeah he, he does retails for suckers yeah. And then uh, George shows up with some goggles on, and uh, hence the episode name. And apparently, uh, somebody stole his goggles at the, or his glasses at the gym. Yeah, he's he's really uh, steaming mad. Uh, uh, you know, obviously he looks ridiculous, like some sort of frogman or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something. Um, <laughs> Wearing his fucking prescription I mean, goggles. Prescription goggles, I think, are a pretty big, like, I don't know, luxury item, I guess. Like, who has prescription goggles? I was going to say, during this episode, one of the things is he gets real up in arms about paying for a new pair of glasses, which makes no sense to me. Because, like, that's the same in life as being a woman and being like, I don't want to have to pay for tampons. Like, it's like, you're gonna have to maybe mm-hmm. get over it. Yeah. But- as a uh, three bespectacled folks, I feel like we're, you know, uniquely uh, positioned among all nerd comedians to talk on this subject. <laughs> um, yeah. I just bought new glasses and it was, um, God, it was such a pain in the ass to find someone who took my new insurance. Like I, I'm used to just going into lens crafters and they're being like, oh yeah, so that's a, it's going to be like 70% off and uh, you know, it'll cost you like 125 or something for name brand frames and, you know, dipped lenses and, you know, right on your pillow and fucking everything. <laughs> uh, and they like, I walked into lens crafters and they were like, oh yeah, we don't accept that. So it'd be like six, 700 bucks. And it's like, what the fuck? Mm. Yeah. Way to humble brag, Zach. <laughs> so he still paid for it. He just whipped out his gold and just like, you know, laid it on the table. <laughs> yeah, I whipped out my golden schlong and laid it on the table. And they were like, that's a massive golden schlong. <laughs> what could I say, you know? Funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like they, I also, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but like, he orders glasses and literally gets them like the next day. And you're like, who gets, has that ever been a thing? Like mm. I, it took me like three weeks to get my glasses. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That was thing, but also, and he has prescription goggles. It's like, why are you paid for prescription goggles, but not prescription glasses. Yeah. It just, it, the logic baffles me well but remember george is george is unemployed so presumably he doesn't have vision insurance anymore and he doesn't have the money to pay for the lenses out of pocket either so right yeah so i guess he decides that he is gonna have to go like flip the bill or go get new glasses uh kramer says like hey man go to this guy like and say my name and he'll give you a good deal and fucking more on that later uh (laughs) yeah so they go they head down to the uh glasses or the optometrist or the glasses store and uh george is picking out lenses elaine is helping him jerry's just sort of pitching one-liners while the rest of them are actually doing something which is right very jerry um and uh george said something that i thought I'm sure all of us can relate to. He's like, I'm picking out a new face, which Mm -hmm. it feels exactly that way. You're like, this is how people are going to see me for the next three to four years. Yep. At best. Yeah. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Yeah. I've definitely uh, thought about like certain glasses. And even after I picked them out, I was like, Oh, why did I pick those out? Yeah. Every once in a while, you'll see like a really, 
like a green pair or a pink pair and you're like man maybe maybe i could pull that off and then you're like wait this is gonna be the only pair of glasses i I better go with like brown or black and that's Mm -hmm. it you realize we're all sheep we're all (laughs) take the plunge of individuality i know yeah at that real severe Andy Warhol design. And I'm like, these go 17 inches past my face. I just, uh. Zach, I really want to see you in some like cat's eye glasses, like the librarian look. Totally. I, think I feel like that, the receding hairline would be like such a dramatic brow line. By the way, I just got new glasses and I was expecting all of my, uh, all of my glasses friends to realize like, no one said anything. The only person who said anything was my dad, who doesn't wear glasses. The only person who noticed, and I was like, why didn't I even, why don't I just gouge my eyes out? Why don't I? <laughs> Maybe do you have any proof that your dad even realized you wore glasses before this? Maybe it's the first time he realized. <laughs> first time you know, he looked up. That was the first time we met, too. So it's uh, <laughs> kind of a double whammy. He's like, hey. Those new glasses? I'm just like, right. how would you know, Dad? <laughs> Were you complaining to your mom? And then your mom secretly was like, hey, mention about his glasses. He's really self-conscious about right that right now. My parents are divorced, Daryl. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> well, that's even a worse conversation. It was because of the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got finalized three weeks ago, right after I met my dad for the first time. <laughs> been a real rough month for me uh the goddamn zoom destroyed my parents marriage <laughs> so we're hanging out at the glasses store he's picking out some lenses and then some guy with a dog just randomly shows up there's no explanation about the dog by the way nope this is before like service animals were a common thing and you think like they have to be like oh, yeah, I'm training him to be a seeing eye dog or something, and then Jerry would pitch a fucking one-liner about that. But no, we don't. We never get a moment like that. He just brings in a dog. It viciously bites Elaine, and then the guy just walks right out. Right, right. The guy doesn't even, like, look for glasses or anything. He's, like, literally there just for the dog to bite her, and then he's like, oh, right, peace out, guys. Yeah. I think I'm most upset by the fact that when he left... It, he was leaving the scene of a crime and he strolled. He didn't run. Yeah, he he did very leisurely. What the hell? He just turned around and like slowly sauntered out the door. Right. And His, she even yelled out like your dog bit me. And he's like, what did you say? Peace out. <laughs> yeah. His, his walk, his escape, his egress. Was, had a very like maybe I'll get a bagel later energy to it, you know. <laughs> it was more of a like maybe I'll get a bagel right now. Like <laughs> I got time. What the fuck, you know? Just scrolling he didn't look at he didn't look at glasses, so we have to assume that his errand in entering this store was to have his dog bite someone. <laughs> He's like, okay, <laughs> time to go to the rest of my to do list. Yeah. Good job, Chompy. Let's go on. <laughs> Pick up our dry cleaning now. Yeah, him, but not for the service you think. He's <laughs> <laughs> training him to be one of Mr. Burns' dogs. That's what he's training him for. Yeah, he just wants a dog that bites women. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, yeah, clearly Elaine's, like, hurting. She's like, oh, we should go to the hospital or, like, something. Jerry gives her some uh, jack-in-the-box napkins. Right. <laughs> the Kleenex or some shit. <laughs> because uh, he clearly was like, George is talking about how he saw uh, Amy making out with his cousin Jeffrey. Right, yeah. He chases after the guy with the dog and then he goes out with uh, glasses frames with no real prescription right. lenses in them and then he squints and he sees Amy making out with um, with cousin Jeff, which is weird. This is like um, this is a pretty deep cut because we haven't heard about cousin Jeff in like a season or two. But he is Uncle Leo's son who works at the park depart parks department. Right, he's a park ranger. 
Yeah, and uh, is super into nature and um, maybe has a heroin project uh, problem that we uh, <laughs> later find out. Yeah. On <laughs> this episode. Where's Jeffrey, man? How bad are things right. going for Jeffrey? But clearly, like, yeah, that's what, like, George thinks that he saw. Um, later, we'll find out what he really saw. But um, he's basically, like, saying to Jerry, like, that's who it is. And then, of course, he's like, I knew it. I totally knew she was, like, you know, up to up to no good or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then Elaine has her um, her napkins, and she's, like, holding her leg. She crab walks out of there, kind of, uh, and then Jerry like walks behind her. Uh, she holds the door for him, just like it's just peak Jerry energy <laughs> to, to not fucking help a human being at all. Um, and then George picks out these frames, which are very uh, like Liberace Elvis vibe to them. Right, right. A little Elton John, a little definitely feminine for sure. Great frames, solid frames. I love them. I actually think, yeah, they would they would definitely work on you, April. I th- I think those would be something up your alley. I think they'd fly today. I think if he wore those today, like mm. he'd be someone who was too cool to talk to me. Yeah, very metrosexual. Um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so, someone who's on the on the fence doesn't need to associate with the binaries at all. So. Exactly. So then he's talking to the uh, the shopkeeper who's played by Timothy Stack. I don't know if you guys know that guy. Very been, familiar. Yeah. Very familiar. Yes. He's uh, in a bunch of TV shows. He used to be a groundling. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but uh, he's talking to him, and then he uh, yells out Kramer's name, and he's like, yeah, so? He's like, but I thought, like, if I got, you know, told you Kramer's name, I'd get a discount. And he's like, uh, nope. It's the way that he... <laughs> So Kramer says, just mention my name and he'll give you 30% off. And then George very literally just mentions Kramer's name. Like he's just standing (laughs) there and he's like, Kramer. And it's like, what did you think was going to happen, you buffoon? It's like it was because he didn't give an opening. He wasn't like Kramer said to mention his name. He like whispered Kramer like he was (laughs) trying to get the door to a speakeasy to slide open behind a bookcase like like this is it let me in i'm not a cop (laughs) (laughs) the password is rum ripple (laughs) exactly yeah so obviously uh kramer or uh george is like oh shit well i guess i'm not gonna get the discount but he still gets the glasses nonetheless Mm mm-hmm and uh, then we uh, we visit uh, Jerry and Elaine at the hospital now. Jerry is uh, talking with Elaine, not a, not really about her dog bite, but about how he thinks his new girlfriend is making out with his cousin. Right. <laughs> Jerry's a real asshole in this episode. <laughs> it's he showing his true colors. Yeah, he doesn't seem very successful at maintaining relationships which is great for a tv show but like to keep the premise going but at the same time you really have a lot of moments where it's like this woman is worth buying an air conditioner for but also (laughs) you're terrified at the same time that she's cheating on you and you just you're just gonna roll with it okay yeah all right sure yeah no and you know Obviously, not even giving a shit about Elaine's. By the way, I got bitten by a dog recently, and mm-hmm. I was I was kind of just gonna like, oh, you know, whatever. I'm I'm just not gonna go to the hospital. I'll it'll just heal. And then uh, my wife read a bunch of stuff online, uh, and there's a lot of bacteria in dog mouths, as it sure. turns out. Uh, and yeah, you like need to go to the hospital, and you need to get like some fucking, you know tetanus boosters and shit right yeah i've i've had to get a tetanus shot from a dog bite for sure no rabies shot but definitely tetanus yeah i think they kind of know if you if you have rabies well maybe they did they test you for rabies and then well i know i i this might not be correct but i always thought that uh, rabies was no longer a thing in dogs at least dog breeds 
Well, I know they give them they give them shots to make sure that they don't get them. So it's really it's only like um, wild animals and right, uh, right. Like domesticated dogs aren't going to be rabies infected. Yeah, but if you um <laughs> if you have an encounter with like a wild animal or a raccoon or something, I've, I've oh yeah for sure shots are fucking gnarly. You have to get like seventeen shots in like a four day span. Yeah, and they're not they're not fun either. My dad. A raccoon once tried to bite off his toe and decide whether or not to get rabies shots. And he was like, well, let's just hope for the best. (laughs) And it worked out fine. Yeah, he's still around. So, hey. (laughs) No, he's dead. He's definitely. No, he's dead. Uh, he stitched his toe back on with some dental floss that he had used previously in the car. Right. Uh, (laughs) Raccoon one, dad zero. (laughs) Exactly. And that's how Bandit became our new father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you served my dad. <laughs> that's the hierarchy of how you get uh, parents, right? It's whoever kills them, they become them. Yeah, no, that's that's the way it is in Futurama, and that's the way it is in April's family. <laughs> yeah. I love my raccoon father. He's <laughs> always so got a then- half-eaten banana for me. <laughs> Finally, my family accepts my lifestyle. <laughs> I can totally imagine April just going like, Dad, what should I do? Should I join the s- civil service or go into the army? <laughs> you always know what to do, Dad. You always chitter the best advice <laughs> from the bottom of a trash can, Dad. <laughs> exactly so after uh, the uh, dog or the uh, hospital oh. encounter we get um we also have the uh the doctor who's yes. like a very uh you know not work not woke portrayal of a foreign guy mm. being Fear, racist stereotype man who is smart enough to be a doctor in new york but for some reason doesn't understand words <laughs> yeah no shot, dog bite. And it's like, okay, why is Cousin Balky working in the fucking ER? It's not okay. Because <laughs> it's 93 and we don't know about culture. Yeah, dude. Basically, I'm surprised he wasn't wearing a funny hat. You know what I mean? Like, like a fez? or like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been perfect. Yeah. He just had a fez, came in, accent, twirled him <laughs> dash left. He, he leaves the room in a rickshaw he was like smoking a hookah as he was talking to him he, he pulls out a syringe with chopsticks yeah. <laughs> we don't know where he's from but it's not america <laughs> this pan-asian silly doctor is super hilarious that's the point <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. yeah they have kind of like a Abbott and Costello, like, you know, play on words type of thing. Where she's like, Do I need a shot? And he's like, No shot, dog bite. And um, yeah. Elaine needed shots. She needed she shots. Really <laughs> needed a shot. lot of bacteria in dogs' mouths. <laughs> so then we cut to uh Jerry talking to Amy and basically accusing her and going, like, yo, I know what's up. You're hit, you're making out with my cousin. Amy is, uh, by the way, portrayed by Anna Gunn, who's been in a ton of things. I I know her from Deadwood. Yes. Um, but she was also in Breaking Bad. She's been in uh, a number of other things. A lot uh, of HBO shows. Yeah. Strangely enough. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, of course, like, she's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, you're, you're crazy. And he kind of is all like, all right, fine. It kind of drops it. Yeah, she's like, he's like, hey, you want to go get pizza? And she's yeah. like, I and knew the- there had to be a dark side to you, Jerry Seinfeld. And she's still down, so they're like, you know, gonna have dinner later in the week. And then she leaves, and then George shows up with the goggles still on. <clears throat> and, and uh, uh- there's, this, there's this through line of Jerry being like, yeah, one time he squinted 
all the way home and like he was spotting raccoons on the side of the highway and he does this great bit of uh physical comedy with the snapping as he's spotting raccoons and then george is like remember i was spotting the raccoons and george is like they were mailboxes yeah right right and then he like for some reason just like sees a dime across the room or whatever I was very confused what what the deal was with George's vision and his ability to squint or not. Right. I was confused with his vision in this whole scene because he's like, look, there's a dime. And he goes and he gets the dime. And he picks it up. And he's like, ah, mind if I keep it? Like, <laughs> yeah. What is happening? What is wrong with you? I mean... <laughs> And then he goes and he takes the bite out of an onion. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know whether he's blind. I don't know if he can taste. Or does he have superpowers? I, the only thing I can think is that George has like, you know, super like Hawkeye vision, but only for coins, like only for money, because that's, that yeah. would be very on brand George, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely being a very big stereotype right now. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it does seem odd that he's also like, uh, fun fact, uh, I was reading in the uh, show notes um, that that onion that he ate was actually a boiled onion. So it could like cut down on the flavor. Well, that sounds normal. (laughs) But he really ate an onion like it was a real onion that he ate. I saw there were like several bites out of it. Like they cut, they, he took one bite and they cut away. And then there's like half an onion left when we got <laughs> back to him. And I'm like, holy Jesus, is he eating that whole onion? There's a third onion they had to go through. Go <laughs> and get the take. That man just loves his fucking onions. God. <laughs> <laughs> loves his onions, loves his dimes. True man. <laughs> man yeah uh also we got this uh this bit of um elaine uh can't come into jerry's apartment because she's scared of a dog little little snowball as they call him who i'm assuming is like some sort of a a pocket dog a you know teacup dog um and uh yeah she's she's just afraid of all dogs now this doesn't this is kind of like a throwaway thing. I think they're just putting it in the episode to give Elaine more to do. Right. I think so. And it kind of, they kept mentioning the dog. I felt like there was a missed opportunity to show us the dog. They, they do a lot of telling, but not showing in Seinfeld. I think yeah. we kind of forgot, but yeah, there's a lot of like Greek tragedy off screen business going on in Seinfeld. There's a choir there. This. <laughs> roll of the story at you <laughs> well you forget how many uh episodes were written by aristophanes but um <laughs> yeah the one where he fucks his mom <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty deep edipool <laughs> so then we uh after that air, uh, little in exchange at the apartment we go back to the glasses store because uh kramer's gonna like settle the retailers hash or whatever like hey what's the deal you didn't give my friend a hookup yeah because he uh, sugar he's like i got that guy off sugar and you're like does he mean drugs or does he mean sugar and, and then, it's sugar yeah he, he throws a baby ruth in the guy's face and he's like what about this pal and like is is basically like strong arming the guy with a with a baby ruth <laughs> which what a candy bar to be strong armed by. Like if you can't handle a baby Ruth, that is the saddest of sex. That's a horrible candy bar. <laughs> like whoa. Whoa, that's whoa, no love for the baby Ruth. <laughs> Hold up. Excuse I will say in my notes I had written down, I got this wrong in my notes, I had it written down that it was a payday. Oh, and that first. Payday's like a a baby Ruth that just never got its wings that's Mm -hmm. what a payday is like a baby ruse for someone who only eats granola yeah right i feel like it has protein in it it's fine 
Like a baby Ruth is like somebody that would eat a snicker that has way low self-esteem. <laughs> like, nah, the snicker's too good for me. Like, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> That's the unattainable chick at the bar. She's like, I won't even look. I just... <laughs> the snicker's out of my league. I'm not, I'm not snicker I'm material get here. on this fat cross-eyed chick. And... <laughs> I'll just go back licking the gum under the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm into more of those, like, whatchamacallits. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to a special bar to get with whatchamacallits. That's all I have to say. So then, yeah, like, he's basically saying, like, hey, give him the deal. Um, not really sure if he gives him the deal, but, you know, George gets his glasses still. He does. He does give him the deal. I'd like to point out that one of everyone's favorite characters here, though, is using a man's history of substance abuse against him from a dealer's aspect. He is threatening him and it's charming because it's sugar and it's charming sugar, which lab mice have shown is as addictive as cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I bought a bunch of candy today. <laughs> yeah. Wrong Zoom call. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> I didn't want to bring down the room, but uh, are you gonna have you I been up for forty eight hours straight? Or make sure that I still taste and um, it's, it's just okay. that Easter candy. It looks so good, you know. What can I say, Daryl? We're gonna have to raise this child for him when he's gone. <laughs> it was the diabetes that took him out in the end. Yeah. It was, if you guys if i do die from diabetes you guys have to call it diabetes i won't if i'm if you call it diabetes i will haunt the shit (laughs) okay i would i would i would do no less for you zach that is that is the very beginning of the humiliations your funeral will entail (laughs) you have my words yeah Oh, I now I want to die just so I can see how you humiliate my corpse. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna humiliate it by making it continue to be a guest on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like, and Zach, just have no lines, you're always (laughs) but you're there physically. I mean, as long as you guys dong my casket, I think I'll be a okay. Yeah, your kid's going to hate Seinfeld and sugar if we have anything to do about it. (laughs) Seinfeld, sugar, your memory, it's all in the better good. (laughs) My mom, my wife's going to be like, hey, you uh, you remember Auntie April and Uncle Daryl? And she'll be like, you mean the guys that uh, dug up my dad and make him sit in that chair for their Seinfeld podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Your wife is going to be like, yep, them. Yeah. <laughs> Wish he hadn't signed that legal agreement before his death, but he did. <laughs> Your father was a sick, sick man. By the way, I got the uh, I got that email from DocuSign. I'll forward uh, those documents to you guys at the end of this. Uh, thank, thank you. I need them by the end of the week. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So then we get George um, putting on the glasses for the first time. Right. And uh, <laughs> they say Gloria Vanderbilt collection on mm-hmm. them. They're very clearly like an old lady's glasses, maybe like a bit of art deco styling to them as well. Like He's got a real finster vibe going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, perfect for April. This is just right up your alley. Really is. I'm mainly speaking out of jealousy. I just <laughs> a 1500 piece puzzle yesterday. Wow. Going to my comedy show. Was... And I don't think I'm more proud of. And that makes me sad. Was it a puzzle of um, a doily? It, it, I'm going to. I, there's the joke answer and there's the real answer. And I think the real answer is probably funnier. It's three unicorns in front of a castle and some palm trees. 
and there's ocean surf and there's a starfish standing up in amazement. <laughs> is this like Jimmy Buffett's D and D? What is this? <laughs> it's, it's so long. I literally, this is the box right here. I'm holding. Wow! It. Oh my god! That looks like it should be on the side of a like a a van, right? It looks like an album cover, but for like. This is like if Lisa Frank had talent and peyote. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's definitely a good uh, good puzzle. I'm glad that you spent a lot of time doing that. <laughs> I did. I had COVID. That's a framer right there. That's a. So yeah, he's busting out the uh, the glasses. Everybody's kind of giving him shit. Um, Kramer shows up with the and I think like every time in this episode when he shows up he gets almost like three applause breaks. Yeah, well we have we have three bust-ins. It I've noticed it doesn't happen if we just like start with Kramer like at Monks. Right. It's like, oh, the scene is set with him here, but if he arrives then it's going you- through the door. Yeah, he has to go through the door to get the applause break. It's contractual. <laughs> <laughs> actual like after season one he's like oh they like my character okay things are changing around here <laughs> he's got that big urkel energy so he shows up with the ac unit he like kind of just puts it in the windowsill and he's like good problem solved yeah and then um we the have lane. a lane coming into real quick he puts it in and he pulls the blinds down and the blinds go in place, not the window. Right. And, and everyone, they're like, oh, that's how you do it? That's how you put it in? Because I've never seen this device before as an adult. And that makes sense. And he's like, yep, you just pull the blinds down. And they're we like, did- well, take you at face value. Yes. Given that Kramer is the human embodiment of zany shenanigans, no one questions his AC installation ability. And it's mm-hmm. very like, what are you all thinking? You leave him in charge of a lot of things, like a lot of really basic shit. Like, I'm surprised they didn't call him up to take Elaine to the hospital. Like, dog bite? We better get Kramer. <laughs> hey, Kramer, my electrical's out. Could you take a look at that, bud? <laughs> I think it's all about his confidence level. It's like if you just do anything with the amount of confidence, people just be like, well, he must know what he's doing. Yeah. Like he, he definitely seems like he's been arrested but not gone to jail. And they're mm-hmm. like, I knows how to get out of it. <laughs> we don't mind throwing you under the bus. I will say if I got like if I got a DUI and I wanted legal advice, sorry, if I got a third DUI and I wanted that- legal advice. I would call Kramer. <laughs> yes, that's true. No, he does seem like that kind of scumbag you can rely on. Yeah, maybe also true. Had... I have two DUIs. So <laughs> maybe if you had Kramer in your life, you would have no DUIs. Hey, Daryl, that is more fantastical than April's uh, <laughs> April's I... puzzle. Yeah. Why or my puzzle? <laughs> <laughs> So then, yeah, like not only is uh, Kramer there, but Elaine shows up. She's going crazy. She's thinking that she has rabies. Super now. on edge. She thinks she has AB, uh, rabies. Um, and then we have this scene where um, Elaine gets the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, it's very quick. Again, it feels like, why did we, did we need to insert this extra minute of TV show where Elaine gets bitten and then is on edge and then gets a shot for the rabies. Like, couldn't this was all we could find for her to, to do, you know? You can tell they kind of like wrote her part in, like, she's gotta get bit by the dog. And then the entire rest of the episode, the writers were like, fuck, well, if that happened to her, this has to. And I guess, wait, we have to finish this story we started? This one sucks, though. Yeah, but they, they like close the loop on it here in the second act, which makes me think that they're just like, oh, let's let's just be fucking <laughs> not to yeah. like mix metaphors, but let's take old Yeller out behind the shed and shoot it in the head, you know? Right. Exactly. Like, let's, we're done. We're done. And then like also like the guy from the uh, the owns the dog too. like he comes back and kind of like talks to the 
like store owner about like, hey, where's Jerry? Who's this dude? Like, but that never in, turns out to be anything either. Like, he doesn't go and yeah. talk to Elaine or confront Jerry. Well, well when they try to kill his dog by accident. So <laughs> yes, let's get to that right now. So um, uh, Elaine and Jerry are standing in front of the AC unit, and Elaine is very daintily airing out her pits right into Jerry's yeah. face. Um, solid move can can get behind that 100%. And then she looks out the window. She's like, uh, oh, there's that fuckhead with the dog that bit me who um, strolled away so casually. Um, so they're, they're chipping at each other. They're going back and forth. And then uh, the guy's like, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. And he's about to walk away. And then Kramer comes in and sneezes or shuts the door or something. And then his handiwork collapses. <laughs> the AC falls out. He does a zany little bit of broad comedy trying to grab the um, the electrical outlet, uh, but it falls and um, smushes the guy's dog. The dog <laughs> is is no more. <laughs> there in this show, there are a lot of crimes that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing thought about this tv show it's a sitcom where they're like it's a joke and you're like it's a crime but i will laugh at it they came this close to dropping an anvil on a dog in a sitcom (laughs) exactly it also i like to imagine because you know the way it's set up seinfeld he's flawed but he's smart this thing right he's like like he's not a dumb guy it's they're all well reasoned they're just you know zany i like to imagine that them leaving kramer in charge of all this shit seinfeld is behind the scenes like the puppet master like yes he'll put it in the window and i'll just smile and nod and say it looks good and then we wait we wait until i see someone i hate (laughs) that'll give us plausible deniability No one can prove a thing. <laughs> I want to see someone like recut Seinfeld, but with a like a more like dastardly person who's like, yes, leave the AC unit in the window. <laughs> Don't even close the window, just lower the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing wrong with this. Why? <laughs> I'm just your local idiot. yeah i like that i i mean jerry is like kind of like the quintessential guy that never takes the blame for shit like he lets things happen with this like blind ignorance but i think ultimately he knows what's going on but he still is like no if i play a dummy uh nobody can like pin it on me that's that's pretty much it like he plays the innocent he plays that card. And because he's not directly culpable, it's fine. Like, I want to watch the modern reinvention of this show where um, crazy handiwork of Kramer leads to the bursting of the housing bubble. And Jerry's there like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, when is that housing bubble going to burst? I need, to... <laughs> I need property. Um, but yeah, like It's basically like, in a weird reality, like if they did a 9-11 episode, like Kramer would be totally behind it. But Jerry was just like, I don't know. I was out of town. I have no idea. And you're like, you knew all along. You let it happen. Jerry, I spilled airplane fuel all over the foundations of the buildings. <laughs> right. what? what are you talking about? I thought you said get it off. No. <laughs> well, it looks fine to me. Uh, maybe that's why he just surrounds himself with um buffoons mm. i think that's what it is because in every like in disney things in so much media there's the evil genius and he surrounds himself with idiot henchmen mm-hmm. who get to do their bidding or trick into doing it and he's that he just like plays the part of the buffoon he's like oh i don't Oh, and they're like, oh, Jerry, you're so harmless. Mm-hmm. We'll execute your plans. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> I need I need to start doing that in my life. Zach, do you want to do some crimes for me? Yeah, I'm a buffoon. I mean, <laughs> I obviously don't know how condoms work. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
so after this whole like a uh, dog killing incident we cut back to george uh hanging out at the gym he's uh you know still with the goggles and then he meets some blind guy a blind guy who looks and talks exactly like joe biden <laughs> right <laughs> it's weird <laughs> like did, did you guys not get joe biden vibes from this blind guy am i alone a little bit uh, kind of i mean he was an old man I didn't, but honestly, I think I've forgotten what Joe Biden sounds like. <laughs> it is so nice to have an ignorable president again, isn't it? Hmm. I would say it's nice to have a harmless president. Adorable. <laughs> 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 Bernie was adorable. Bernie baked cookies. Oh. You just know it. But biden he'll sit in a rocking chair and you can turn on the tv and he won't move for four hours grocery <laughs> <laughs> shopping i remember the lone ranger when i was a boy and like <laughs> <laughs> okay bye grandpa <laughs> enjoy your summer in delaware grandpa okay bye he is he is Delaware in a person, Joe Biden. Um, right. but <laughs> um, so yeah, George George walks this blind man back to the um, back to the the lockers, uh, and then he thinks he squints and he thinks he spots um someone, the guy That's... stole his glasses. Right, right. So he wanders out with the blind dude. They're both naked, uh, and then he thinks he sees Jeff and amy making out again um and then he puts on his his glasses or no 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 am i getting ahead of myself here no you're right because when he's at the gym isn't that where he meets the guy with where does he meet the guy with the dog Mm, no oh yeah he he meets him because he goes this is before like he goes and talks to um like <clears throat> when he's talking to uh, the glasses guy with Kramer about the, uh, you know, the discount, that's where the dog shows up again. And he starts asking like, Hey, where do you, you know where Elaine is? You know where Jerry is? And he's like, Oh yeah, I know where they are. Right. Yeah, right. Up the river. He's right. just like apartment five B. Why do you ask friendly stranger who we've wronged? Yeah. By the way, the dog is wearing a cone, and that's it. That is the extent right. of the dog's injuries is that it's not allowed to lick its crotch. I mean, what more could you take from a dog, really? <laughs> Aiming so then, him for not getting out of the way of that AC unit. <laughs> exactly. Well, that can in no way be traced to my fault. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, th- so then, yeah, like we have George uh, convincing the blind guy to uh, switch glasses or switch frames. Uh huh. Which uh, these these glasses, uh, these aviator glasses that the old man have, uh, really complete his uh, his Joe Biden look. Sure. Um. Yeah, and uh, the optometrist is eating a baby Ruth bar because. Uh, According to April, he's just gone completely off the deep end and has no self-respect anymore. <laughs> TV show, he's relapsed, is probably no longer in contact with his wife and children, family. <laughs> so he sold his wedding ring for <laughs> sour straws. It's He's turning tricks on the street for a snake. <laughs> sweet, sweet lady sucrose. <laughs> take down so many lives <laughs> just hot spoonfuls of maple syrup <laughs> you just see him like eating in like the like dark and then you switch on the light and he's like don't look at me don't guys, look at me guys snorting pixie sticks <laughs> you just can't get enough oh uh, so then we have um Amy and Jerry, they're uh, they're going to Jeff's house to pick yeah. up some Paul Simon tickets. Right. Um, it's it seems like writing of convenience that Jerry just so happens to need to pick up something from his cousin Jeff's house, who I will remind you, we haven't heard about in at least two seasons. Um, 
And uh, he goes there and he's like, I know I'll go on Friday night because he loves nature programs. And that's the best day for fucking, I don't know, Jaguar programming. (laughs) Um, And Uncle Leo opens the door. Sorry, go on, April. Oh, just just had to talk over you for a bit. (laughs) My dominance. (laughs) No, no, no. You, You can pee on my casket. You'll be fine. <laughs> we need that notarized as well when you send the documents. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that. Um, so Uncle Leo opens the door and Leo says, uh, Oh, he wanted me to tell you he's very sorry and hopes you forgive him. And then Jerry's like, I knew it, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> like he flips like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like a light switch, dude. It's crazy. Like, is he trying to ruin this? Is he just not into her? Like, what's the deal with this? I don't know. You really I, get the sense during the episode. It's like, you're looking for an out. Yeah. It feels like. And the whole time um, in the side story of George, I don't know if these are parallel or whatever, uh, the whole time with his glasses being stolen, it's like a metaphor for his manhood and how like he doesn't, he's not a man because he couldn't stand up to the person who stole his glasses who he may or may have not seen. Uh, A lot of, there's a lot of fragile masculinity in this episode. Yeah, definitely. I think it's because like, yeah, a lot of these like characters, especially Jerry, he's like in a perpetual state of like 12 years old, like Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah, he's just a man child. Like, yeah. Hey, let's get pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And he does. He says that again. He pitches. Yeah, I want to go for pizza again because um, Jerry can uh, only remember the best times in his life, which was, uh, you know, uh, playing pong in his uh, cousin's basement and getting pizza. Um, reading Superman comics. Um, and uh, yeah, she's like, Hey, by the way, this is over because you keep thinking that I'm cheating on your cousin with no evidence. <laughs> so, right, right. And like, this would all have gotten like taken care of with a fucking phone call. Like, why doesn't he just call up his cousin and say, like, Hey, you hook it up with this girl named Amy? No, cool. Yeah, no, it's more... sorry, go ahead. It's because this is a continuation of the whole mastermind thing. It's not good enough for Seinfeld. He has to have devious plots. He has to have things revealed when he wants them revealed for the ultimate humiliation of others involved. And he gets to play innocent and be like, oh, I was just getting the tickets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah he definitely he wants more of a like come up and he needs to catch them in the act which like i feel like it sounds like there'd be more satisfaction in that than there would actually be in that sure <laughs> oh oh man yeah that's true like, um, he'd be like aha i knew it you've been bird dogging me this whole time oh Ouch. How? Yeah. Air conditioner for you. <laughs> That's the New York equivalent of an engagement ring. <laughs> so then, yeah, like we have that exchange. Uh, they're obviously like not together anymore. We cut back to George hanging out with the blind man. They switch the glasses. And then we quickly have them into getting the ladies frames uh, right speaking quietly to the sugar addicted optometrist <laughs> um, and then George thinks he sees uh, uh, Amy, Amy and and Jeff making out again and then he puts on his glasses and it's just a lady police officer caressing a horse yeah but in a very <laughs> sensual way I want to way off like (laughs) way off like he has a different crime that he can report here (laughs) and does that mean that like if you took off your glasses like jeffrey would look like a horse like well 
it's mentioned earlier in the episode, Elaine and Jerry agree that he's, quote, a total horse face. <laughs> Looks like a horse. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess that's true. But when I see people that are like, a, that look like, or they have a horse face, so to speak, I'm not picturing like Bojack Horseman. Yeah. I'm like a horse's face is like 18 inches long. There's no, (laughs) (laughs) there's no way that I saw the back of a horse's head and thought it was a human. Right. Especially when I saw the horse body that it was attached to. Right. Right. Do you think also Jeffrey's like a minotaur or something? He has like hooves and like, (laughs) which one of your cousins is the minotaur? (laughs) Which one? That'd be amazing. Or no, it's a centaur. Damn it, Daryl. How dare you throw me off of my Greek mythological creatures? (laughs) We'll do the whole embarrass me in front of my whole cryptozoology club, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, at the end of this episode, though, uh, we have George basically, well, we don't even have a reveal. Like, it's just a reveal for the audience that uh, he, in fact, left the glasses on the the top of his gym locker the whole time yeah kind of what, what do we that that plays in the role of the metaphor for his lost manhood throughout mm. the fact that really at the end of the day maybe he misplaced <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was there the whole time that juicy dick was inside of you all along <laughs> <laughs> That didn't come out right. Uh... <laughs> um, so we have a little bit of stand up that we kick it off with uh, or end it off with. Uh, like, when did glasses become an impulse buy? Like, uh, the one hour mm-hmm. frames and lens crafters and all of this. And um, I think that only a very privileged person who's never like needed glasses would say this shit. I also think that like I really wonder what this part of Seinfeld's stand-up career would have been in the modern era because he could have just done that same bit by like what is this convenience thing for a different (laughs) thing uh every three months or so it'd be the same people would agree they'd be like yeah what is this convenience and then they'd all start yeah yeah, totally. I mean, so this this bit doesn't um, doesn't really hit home for me. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a strong bit. I don't think it's in any of his specials. I think this is definitely clearly um, something just for the TV show. Mm-hmm. They're, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel for this one. Yeah, yeah. Both of the both of the stand up bits in this one didn't feel like hundred percent there. Um, Mm-mm. I mean, that's the case in a lot of episodes, but um, I mean, we're pretty late in the show at this point. So I, you know, it, there's, there's been a couple of weeks where it's like, man, the standup was good this week, you know, but this right. week, not the case. So a pretty solid episode. Um, do you ever remember seeing this one before April or? Oh, hell no. Yeah. Nope. Not even slightly. I do not remember the horse makeout session. I don't remember <laughs> them killing a dog with an air conditioner. Uh, I don't remember being the guy being threatened with the baby Ruth bar. Yeah, I don't remember the baby Ruth bar addict. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say uh, this. This episode goes. Uh, no, I don't think a lot of people bring this episode up, but I wouldn't say it's a bad one. But it, yeah, it kind of goes under the radar. I feel like it relies on like uh, zaniness and uh, miscommunication Definitely. a lot more in ways that it's like <clears throat> not even in the 90s could you really justify. Like you would have to be not trying to find the truth in order to comport yourself this way. That it might feels, be. It feels like purposeful deception, or like lazy writers. <laughs> yeah, it feels a little <laughs> contrived. Yeah, in a sense, and it's not that like the things that happen 
aren't funny or I didn't laugh during this episode. It's just that like, you know, Seinfeld, it, it achieves such a height of excellence that to see an episode like this, it's just kind of like, well, this isn't my favorite, you know? Right. Yeah. Certain things are a little too convenient which is set up just for the joke instead of like, could this possibly really happen? Mm -hmm. Or is this just TV show fodder? Also with the Elaine stuff where some of it kind of lacks follow through. They're like, okay, I see where you, what you did, but you're not really going anywhere meaningful with it. Right. Right, right, right. Well, with that said, April, do you want to throw out that social media? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. If you want to find me, you probably will. <laughs> yeah, guys, look her up on Facebook. She'll hit you up. Even she if uh, is, uh, the palest April Lotshaw on Facebook. Mm. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. And you guys uh, know what to do with podcasts. Uh, follow us, rate and subscribe, yada, yada, yada. You know, share it, share it with your uncle, whatever you got to do. Uh, and until next time, please. Keep it sponge So you think you're sponge worthy? She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge Sponge worthy? The sponge worthy podcast. Sponge worthy.